Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This show features the hopefully open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons bravely, valiantly, boldly staring down the prospect of their complete entertainment irrelevance. Hello, I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. I am the founder, senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And I am here with you every week to talk about something new, hot, of the moment, and try to figure out it. And let me introduce you to a very, very special guy. If you know me, you know him, my co-host. My name is Bill Scurry. I'm the founder and proprietor of American Caesar Enterprises, which is just a local branch of your Sherwin-Williams paint store. Uh, so Bill is in Amsterdam, Netherlands. That is true. And I am in, uh, well, currently Berkeley, California, week 8 billion of the shelter-in-place order. How you feeling, Bill? I think in the so-called Schengen area, which is the contiguous European Union zone, People have really let their guard down. And not only that, yeah. but... Well, but they, they... So they've done it in the United States, too. But you actually have some justification. No, that's true. We have the opposite of justification. Yeah, we're not getting stung in the ass by it. But, you know, here's a sound. I'm going to say this to you, and you're going to know exactly what I mean. The sound of a uh, small rolling suitcase, the wheels as they go over pavement, that's the sound we're hearing again. And I I know that from a, a bunch of different places. But that, to me... Do people is, take suitcases everywhere? I mean, what, well, no, no, that, that means going Airbnb to the airport, is, is roaring back to life. That people oh, are Airbnb. Yeah, coming off of planes and trains and they're rolling to short term residences for a week or so. And so that's uh, where the are these people from? Other European countries, other places in, in the Netherlands or what? They're not from the United States. Exactly. But the whole point of the EU is to facilitate travel across right. borders. And so right. these are. And, and to piss so, off the UK. It's always been. It's been Spanish tourists, it's been French tourists, really? it's German tourists, it's Belgian tourists. I didn't realize there was any reason to go to Amsterdam anymore now that um, pot is legal in other countries and um, now that you – well, foreigners can't go to the pot bars, right? They, no, they, they talk about so perhaps um, making making their – you know, some sort of identification so that – Oh, you, I thought they had done that. Okay. No, no, no. That would kill a lot of business. So that that is a reactionary version of a plan. You know, it's a source of revenue. People come here to, to smoke and – Granted, I would say that the the bars are worse. People getting their people getting shit faced on Belgian blonde ales is probably way more disturbing and damaging than a lot of guys smoking and just getting high for fuck's sake. We're getting way off target here, but I had always heard that the problem wasn't people; it was just tourists going, "Hey, I'm allowed to get high," and less the pot actually making them crazy, and more just the knowledge that they were legally able to do this that made them crazy that's part of it too you know and i would say that i mean at the beginning of this podcast when i moved to amsterdam i did mention that a lot of people don't have a healthy respect for sex workers and it's no secret oh, that those that people too. are english in a lot of yeah. cases so there is a societal villain in the netherlands of the rowdy soccer hooligan who comes here and insults the sex workers and gawks it- and insults or hires and treats poorly no the idea that they make a show a spectacle outside the window of mockery which you know that is a problem it's it's a dignity the issue fuck? which the netherlands would like to avoid get 
They peek into the windows of brothels and make fun of prostitutes? They, the red light district literally means there's red neon around a framed window, and the women stand right. in the window on the other side of glass, and they entice, really? they entice you to come in. I haven't been in the Netherlands since I was seven years old, so I don't yeah. have memories of that. Right, you haven't bought sex in the Netherlands since you were seven, so it's changed <laughs> It's changed a little bit. It's an open-air market, and so you know yeah. the way you get business is by— Something sex workers? Like, yeah. Like, what kind of fucking life, man? Well, these are, these are chavs. Oh, you know, these, these are God. soccer punks. 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 The yep. meaning of the word punk. We were we started our off microphone conversation today talking about the meaning of the word punk. Uh, that will be our next podcast. But speaking of musical genres, yes, that takes us to the topic today. <laughs> Man, I tell you uh, something. We no one. I would guarantee very few people have actually done a podcast about this. So so I, wet I, is the paint on this still. I I was very pleasantly surprised. I had never heard of this topic. Till I just the other night, I overheard my nephews partaking in it and did a little research. And you know, it's not the biggest thing out there right now, but it's out there right now. Yes, it is. So it's buzzy. It, it's a little buzzy. It's happening. Uh, to quote <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon, uh, it's a new genre of music, and it is called um, bardcore. Bardcore, aka tavern wave. Tavern wave. So what is bardcore? Bardcore is essentially modern or memorable last couple decades pop songs or rock songs popular songs to be more literal about it that have been re-recorded reconfigured remade in roughly the style of medieval western european music essentially someone will re-record a pop hit with instead of guitars and standard drums with lutes and flutes and finger cymbals and fiddles and harps some people add their own vocals, uh, rewriting the vocals to better suit a medieval milieu. Um, according to uh, Know Your Meme, uh, the style actually draw- dates all the way back to um, the late uh, 2000s, first decade of the 2000s, when uh, some uh, medieval songs were popping up and briefly getting a lot of hits on YouTube. But then by uh, 2017, someone called Algal the Bard, you know, these these creators often take medieval sounding names. Oh, that's not his birth name? you're saying yes exactly and by the way bard i first i'm like bard that's that's shakespeare that's not medieval but but actually when they called shakespeare the bard they were actually giving him an old-fashioned nickname bard really is more a medieval term meaning poet or storyteller bardcore to sound like hardcore grindcore core has been used in a lot of musical genres so by uh 2017 algal the bard uh made a medieval style cover of toxicity by system of a down that got uh views uh according to the few articles that are out there about bardcore this really dates back to just this past April. In April, a German uh, producer called, Cor- uh, called named, I'm going to guess this is really name, Cornelius Link, great name. He uploaded a medieval version of Astronomia, the dance pop hit by Tony Iggy, Iggy, I've never heard of it. Uh, but that song had become popular because it was the music used in the coffin dance meme, the the meme video of uh, African Paul Bears doing a wacky dance. And he made a medieval version of that. Then he made a medieval version of a song I've actually heard of, uh, Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People. Then he posted that on May 11th. That got a zillion views. Then someone named Hildegard von Blingen, which I imagine is <laughs> Now a you're woman. just making this shit up, Noah. No, I'm not. Well, here's the question. That is that is a parody of Hildegard von Bingen. Do you, have you heard that name before? No, I, I, know, I know that it's real, but I have no idea who these people are. Right. She was apparently some musician or abbess or something in the 11th century she took cornelius's pumped up kicks and wrote new lyrics rewriting the story of pumped up kicks which is about a school shooting in fact for a, a medieval milieu all ye bully rooks with your buskin boots 
best ye go, best ye go, outrun my bow. Uh, she did similar songs with new lyrics of uh, Somebody That I Used To Know by Got Ya. That was the first one I heard when my nephew played it. And then now there have been thousands of these. I spent last night hours just listening to these. Now, most of them uh, do not are just instrumental. Most of them do not have lyrics. A lot of them do have kicky graphics added. People use something called the Historic Tale Construction Kit, which is an online tool where you can put together images from like old medieval tapestries to make little scenes and stuff and there's a subreddit with 600 members there it is mostly people just posting their own videos of their uh bardcore tunes but there's also some mild discussion i read a whole discussion of what's the difference between bardcore tavern wave cottage wave and just medieval and so these things are out there and people care and there have been some articles there was a big guardian article theories about why it's popular now we'll get into all of that uh i think there is a question how authentic they are in fact cornelius link himself says i'm not trying to be authentic i'm sure in terms of harmonic structures and all that, I'm no expert. There are plenty of things I do that are not, you know, accurate to what musicians did in the 1400s, let alone I'm using completely different tools than they used. What was your opinion of this? Um, how do I put this? <laughs> I Like, I hated the music, but I appreciate... You hated it, really? No, oh, it's stupid. It's, it's a, This is well, a novelty. What's there to hate? Because it is twee. I mean, what's there to love? But what's there to hate? I, I don't. I just don't like it. It's it's music that I. In a lot of cases, these are covers of songs I didn't care about the first time, or even Astronomia. I had no idea what the hell that was. Yeah, I, I'd never heard of that. But nor, most of these most of these songs I've heard of. Well, I didn't hear. I don't, I've never heard of Foster the People's uh, pumped up kick. Get or out whatever. of here! Really? I have no idea what that is. It no, was I, everywhere like ten years ago. I'm sure you're right, but apparently I, I was right. just I was ducking in and out of everywhere before and after they were playing it somehow. So I somehow managed to avoid it. This is one of those things where you know, look, I, I play a lot of trivia, Noah, online, especially yeah. here in the Netherlands. And um, one of the questions I see from a regular trivia show is that this guy does a music round where he gives you cover versions of songs that have been vastly rearranged, and you have to guess what the songs are based on you know how different they're being played on either tempo or a different set of instruments or a different key. Sometimes it's like a Britney Spears song slowed down and played on the piano like a dirge, etc., etc. So I thought of this as like, oh, this is this is the these are the questions in trivia that I lose out on all the time because I don't know the original. Britney Spears I know in that case, but these are songs that I don't know originally, so I can't tell you what they're supposed to sound like if they're rearranged with lute and lyre and penny whistle and whatever else that comes around. Look, I mean, I don't care about it. At the same time, I mean, I, it's it's neat. It's it's really recombinative. Speaking of waves, you remember, I guess this must have been around half a year ago, maybe more, maybe a year ago, we covered one of the retro wave type things. Uh, uh, vapor wave? Yeah, vapor wave, right. It was two it, years ago. I was yeah. in New York. Right, and that came, right, I, I was in New York too. Somehow I remember that. That was a suggestion from John uh, John Jung. And uh, I mean, I was listening to it beforehand, but the thing about Vaporwave is that it was recombinative. Is that a word? Can I use that? Recom- recombinative? You can do whatever you want. I can man. do whatever I want. It was basing, it was chopping up things that existed beforehand and sort of like representing them. But it was creating new songs to some degree. This is rearrangement. And again, I'm not going to say that that's not art. It's just that I don't care to hear Astronomia or some song that I ignored in the first place, some, some you know, Darude Sandstorm replayed on finger symbol doesn't appeal to me. The actual sound, the building blocks, the DNA of Bardcore doesn't appeal to me. And that's probably the stumbling block I have. Let me ask you this. Yeah, sure. Let me ask you this. If it were music you did care about, mm-hmm. if uh, there's got to be a Bardcore 
journey song out there yeah right? sure they don't stop believing would be perfect i'm sure yeah right would you enjoy that no because again it's the sound the, the the sound doesn't bring me any pleasure it's it's listening to a type of music might as well be a folk cover of don't stop believing or something with a country twang that some guy in nashville came up with that is a sound an idiom that i can't enjoy i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying i don't like it i hate it you mentioned the subreddit with all these people and i was looking at the youtube list and i saw once I started watching one video, my sidebar of suggestions was suggesting all these other songs, these covers. Eventually, I found my way to like Jolene by Dolly Parton, which I thought already yeah. sounds quasi medieval in its original uh, conception. And then here's an actual lute and flute version uh, that somebody, and they, again, they've rewritten the lyrics like, don't, what is it? Don't thou st- steal my lord? Something, something like that. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's I, I, clever. Well, again, most of them don't have lyrics, but it's, it's all right. It's hey clever. man, look, it's clever. Clever is a good word for that's it. That's the thing. It's clever and it's a diversion. And I can't, I can't he- help but think that because these are not new songs. The whole premise is to rewrite something that already exists. That this is a flash in the pan. You know, I don't think it's going to have oh, legs. Well, it's of course it's a flash in the pan. I know, I mean, but s- but some people really treat this stuff like it's dead serious. Instead, I look at it. And I see, I see Crystal I Pepsi and that. no. Do you remember Jacko <laughs> Mark Jacko Jackson? Do you remember that guy? The Energizer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the guy, yes, the Australian dude. I thought it was Jocko. I don't know, Jacko, Jocko. But I'm saying I see I see the Detroitist. Jacko is what they called Michael Jackson, Wacko Jacko. Well, yeah, but this guy also I think was Jacko too. My point is that— If we only knew how wacko he was. I'm not hating on it. Just saying I can't listen to it. But what what did—see, that's the thing is I was dry this week for a topic. Nothing came, uh, you know, immediately to me. And you suggested—you sort of winged it off your head to say, hey, my nephews are listening to Bardcore. Yeah. I they were literally listening to it, and we were like, "What the hell is that?" And I stay, I rubber stamped it. I'm like, "Noah, whatever that is, if Adam and Jack, your 16 year old nephews, are listening to it, like, let's be the first middle aged man podcast right. to, to grapple." And with it this. and it had a Wikipedia page. That's always my my thing. Does it have a Wikipedia page? But also tens of millions of YouTube views, which I mean, granted, it's like the peso, yeah, well, but it does mean something. I, yeah, this stuff is better than most YouTube parody songs, but that's an awfully fucking low bar. Like, it's funny, I was listening to a few songs and then it was just automatically cycling in the next and it would get away from that. And it took me to not uh, a Bardcore song. It took me to a parody of We Didn't Start the Fire, but the lyrics were rewritten to be about the Marvel movies. 15 seconds in, I was like, I want to shoot myself in the head with, you know, a pellet gun. <laughs> like, there's, there's so much, there might be nothing worse than like bad like parody music part of the reason i love weird al so much is that 35 years on even when he's not good he's still okay and that's really hard to do with that genre you know yeah so and that's just youtube is littered with that stuff i remember years ago investigating like some of the big youtube parody people and just being stunned how bad they were so this is better than most youtube also just there's talent i mean there's some at least engineering talent or musical talent it's a very limited concept it's a really limited concept like even the ones i enjoyed like they should have made these songs one minute each they just go on and on and on and they're no longer than the originals but like you get the joke it's like a one joke it's like a one trick pony it's a one joke thing uh most of these as i said don't have lyrics and the ones that have lyrics you know just give you something else to latch on to um you know we mentioned hildegard von blingen and and she's one of the better ones in fact my nephew said like oh she's my favorite uh although she only has like five or six tracks she did somebody that i used to know because she does those clever lyrics someone called mystic zaru who does ye ballad of billy jean nay the 
child is not my blood. Although I had a problem with that guy in that his vocals were, they didn't sound medieval to my untrained ear. He was using some of like the modern R&B soul kind of stuff that just didn't sound medieval to me. So I listen to this stuff and the first thing that comes to mind is, are you familiar with the 1970s British folk revival bands like Fairport Convention and Steel Eye Span? Oh, they're names I've heard of, but no, I don't think I know right. them. You know who Richard Thompson is? Yes, they, him I do know. Fairport Convention was his band. Okay. They were, I think they started as like a birds type folk rock band and then they moved into really digging up old like madrigals or whatever you call this stuff from the Middle Ages and just giving it a slightly modern sheen. And they were, I don't want to say pretty big, but like they sold a lot of records in England at least and they always had a cult following here. So I'm reminded of that. In fact, one of my favorite songs by Fairport Convention is called Percy Song and it's a Bob Dylan song. But they make it sound like, you know, this thing that people are dancing to on May Day and on a, on a pagan island or whatever. I don't know. I'm mixing up a lot of stuff here. She looked like some kind of royalty from across the sea. I quote the mind, what does thou mean, thou art the one? So, no, why the hell is this thing popular? Why did you bring this to me on a silver platter? I'm going to quote musicologist Dr. Lisa Colton. Quoted in an article in Vice. We can feel a bit nostalgic for an old culture. It's a form of mythology, uh, really, blah, 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 blah. Whether that's tied to stories of Robin Hood and Maid Marian, or whether we just imagine a time that was more peaceful and when nature was all around us, a pre-industrial age. And I think as people who are in the modern world and surrounded by technology and industry, it's nice to have that sort of space. So you might argue that even now people are nostalgic for what they view as a simpler pre-industrial time. Also, apparently, I didn't know this. Kids these days, kids these days have been, have had a fascination with medieval stuff. There's this historic medieval kit, whatever it's called. And then, of course, people are bored right now. Something that is time consuming and pointless has to take off. Why not this, making these yeah, things? Ding, ding, ding. I think you, you nailed it right. on that point, yeah. Also, and maybe this is a reach, but what is one thing, one concept that people overwhelmingly associate in modern times with the medieval age. Six-letter uh, word beginning with P. Plague. <laughs> plague, motherfucker. Yeah, that's So true. we got that on the mind. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a coincidence. No, I, I, I like so, it. That's you good. know, why not is the real answer. I thought of two different reasons for this. Because you have to think about why would people do it and then what would sustain it into a micro moment, you know, a sort of 15-minute Warholian blip. I think, well, one thing that has never had a shortage on the internet is a challenge. And this isn't just a matter of like taking a mouthful of cinnamon or, or a you know, the ALS ice bucket or something like that. This this requires some real skill. People have to figure out how yeah. to do this. It, it does. Oh, yeah. no. It, that's why I say they, they clear the low YouTube bar very handsomely. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, again, there are a lot of things on YouTube that are just people falling off a skateboard and breaking their elbow. But this, this is different because it doesn't require it, but it certainly recommends that you know what you're doing and that you be able to read sheet music and understand these things intuitively, which I, I don't. I assume that you also, I don't play an instrument. I can't read music. I'm sort of in awe, a little bit of wizardry when it comes to people who make the music I love. So it's a challenge for music nerds and that the real idea of pulling away gatekeepers is that people have an uninhabited an uninhibited access to exhibition. And so anyone who is able to do this can just put the, can publish the results the next day or that afternoon. That's why there's so many recombinant versions of all these songs, which is great. That, there's your support. Everyone's a producer, everyone's a publisher. Sure. I mean, there, there are actual producers and actual publishers, but that's not what this is. That, that's the supply. I would say the demand is to it is that there's a novelty to it. Like anything, you could get somebody, I don't think Psy is going to have a career that lasts for years in the American consciousness. It was this thing that was Gangnam Style, which by the way is also a song that has been re 
rearrange for loot and liar if you're looking yes, for it. Yes, I did there. listen to the the bardcore version of Gangnam yeah. Style. So, but it's like side... again, the joke you get it after ten seconds and you're done. Yeah, well, I, I thought the same I thing get. about Gangnam That's Style. That's a repetitive song to begin with. Yeah, right. The original yeah. song was a novelty for a couple of seconds, and then it's like let's move on to the next thing. Uh, you know, I per... think he's still big in Korea. No, that I no doubt, no doubt, he is part of K-pop, and but I'm saying as an American, um, an Anglophone sensation it was short-lived and it was just based on how hot can we make this fever and that's what Gangnam Style turned into and then it cooled off and it went away and you'll never see Psy again but it's fine he's rich this is a micro version of that a micro incremental thing where the the audience is ready for something they want to boost it they they're into it for a hot second they'll build it up into something that where you know there's 10 million tens of millions of views for each of these videos and then it's going to go away and you're never going to see it again. And there's going to be some other GIF or some other, you know, weird musical subsection. Some people will adhere to it, I'm sure, because there, there is a dedicated, you know this, there's a dedicated sub, subculture of uh, Renaissance Festival people who are there to sustain a small thing. And that's why Ren, Ren fairs are all over the country. And they're always all over the country, or at least they will be again when we muster in, in public in, environments. By them, we'll be living in a... Yeah, in agrarian... <laughs> we'll be living yeah. in the Dark Ages again. <laughs> A, a proto-agrarian landscape. But um, so like those people will keep it going. And you may even hear some of these songs uh, incorporated into Ren Fair, depending on what, you know, what their rules are. Um, so there, there's your audience. It's a mixture of the fractional hardcores or hardcore bardcore who really want this stuff and the people who just want to jump on a trend for two or three months and then it's gone. So there's, there's your popularity. You don't have much use for it now, although you, you have some grudging respect for it. Would your opinion be any different, more ardent in either direction? Were you now, you know, colleagues, same age, friends as my 16-year-old nephews? No, there's no way. Uh, I, In fact, I wouldn't have even had the grudging admiration for the people because I just would have been so turned off by the sound of the songs that I wouldn't have been able to appreciate the moment or the spirit in which they were created. I, this is the nice thing about being a, an old man, Noah. I at least have a little distance and appreciation for people, humans who are achieving things. I could give them appreciation for things even if I don't like the shit they're coming out with. When I was a kid, I don't think I would have had any patience for it at all and I probably would have run it down derided it and said this is useless and the people who like it are also subhuman in some way subhuman wow hey, you were an evil kid yeah I'm just trying to get back there but, subhuman I mean, as not as, just lame subhuman. subhuman you would have opened death camps for them so as a liker of musics uh, or at least a marker of different types of musicses would you have uh, somehow been into this as a kid? I think so, yeah. And I and I don't mean to rag on my nephews, but I think I'd like it for the same reason they like it, is I was a faux intellectual. I don't want to say snob, but I viewed myself as intellectual is the right word. I think it's I think it, that's not that's not uncharitable. I think I did too. It's just it manifested in a different way. I think that is a perfectly reasonable way to be, and it's a very very healthy thing to acknowledge, and I think it's appropriate. Okay, thank you. You're yeah. you're always looking out for my my ego. Thank you, sir. I had more time 
tolerance for one-note jokes back then. I appreciated more the signifiers of intelligence, if not the actual content or weight of intelligence. So yeah, I would have thought it was pretty funny. I would have been more into some of these songs. But again, I don't see myself like putting these songs on mixtapes or listening to it on my Walkman or all that because I don't think, I think I would have pretended the joke didn't get old, but it still would have gotten old. I would have loved laughing about it, but I'd move on a month later. I'll be shocked if my nephews are still listening to this stuff in a month, two months, whatever. The joke would have gone a little farther for me. Yeah, and you're... The so thing, why not? The I certainly that, wouldn't be making these videos because I was never that kid. Right. I, the songs. I, I was never a musical creator. I took guitar lessons. I took piano lessons. I sucked at both. I took vocal lessons, but I was a lot happier just to teach myself. I don't think I'd be doing it. I'd get a little more juice out of the limited concept than I do now. How about that? Uh, speaking about my my pretensions as a kid, like I think the fact that this stuff isn't authentic. Credit on some of them who admit it, that this stuff is just the signifiers of medieval style more than like actual, you know, I'm kind of curious with like a musicologist who really knows medieval music, if they despise this and think this is trash or maybe they have a sense of humor about it. And I did read something that said one of the good things about the genre is that the people make it have a sense of humor about themselves. And I will say, to be fair, reading the Reddit page, I did not see one racist comment or one offensive, pretentious comment. See, that's that um, recommends it on itself which, right there. No, is there anything to loot and liar playing that somehow signifies a sign of the apocalypse? Plague notwithstanding. It, it is not a sign of the apocalypse, but it just might be the soundtrack of the apocalypse. Ah, I like that. Uh, when everything breaks down and falls apart and we have no more electricity and whatever, we might be reduced to, you know, playing Post Malone and Enter Sandman on our, you know, harpsichord while living in a hut. And, you know, fending off uh, COVID-38, you know? Um, so I don't think this is a sign of the apocalypse, but this might be like the only genre of music left. I think that it's, I don't think it's a sign of the apocalypse. I, I, and I was going to say not only that, but I, uh, I'm glad that there's a healthy uh, sense of irony about the people who are doing this. I would assume so, because it seems like it's people understand that they're taking the piss out of, you know, whatever some medieval anthropologist would talk about. Yeah, this, this the accuracy is probably not there. It's based on a movie version of what you think medieval music sounds like. And that's fine. Again, it's it's, it's an idiom unto itself. No one's claiming that there's authenticity, or at least I haven't seen, haven't seen that. I think it's fairly harmless. The only touch of seriousness I will throw at this is that I kept thinking of a topic that I made my skin crawl. One of the topics that made my skin crawl was acapella. And I, you know, we yeah, I don't yeah. want to relitigate acapella, but uh, I okay. I know you like it. I get it. And I don't, well, like it is not you, love it. Like it, yeah. Yeah, love it. Enjoy it. Lifeblood, I understand. Some some mild terms we could use. But I thought of like acapella and Anna Kendrick as a few of those things that came up. And I guess Post Malone was a little bit of this too. And there was something else where I, I, I'm trying to say something here and try to be constructive about it. How could you make something more Caucasoid than Bardcore? You know what I mean? Like, the idea that it, sometimes it's like taking taking rap music and bleeding the sort of blackness out of it. 
which we've seen that being done and that's always that could be insidious sometimes if you want and like that was the knock on post malone was that he was sort of eschewing the rap influences saying and I, i'm sort of more based on bob dylan but i'm using autotune and the hip-hop idiom to to get across what he said and people people didn't like that understandably as if he was running down hip-hop yeah but that's not a new thing in no, fact it's you could not. argue that was worse in the 50s probably i mean that was the knock on elvis presley yes. and it was certainly the knock on pat boone that was the whole point yeah. of people like that there's no element of whitewashing to this because this was this is white to begin with. You can't make something whiter. Well, I mean, the, the songs you can, but the, the idiom, I, I think it's less about scrubbing beat it of Michael Jackson's blackness and more about just making this thing that sounds wishy-washy and ren fairy. So in in a way, the only thing I would worry about is if, if again, it's such a small trendlet. It's, it's, it's a tiny thing. Unless you were the sort of suburban white middle-class person, this is not going to apply to you at all. I mean, this barely appeals to me. It is, I mean, it, it appealed to me to talk to you about it, but this isn't something I could ever <laughs> listen to. It, it barely appeals to me to, to acknowledge its existence. <laughs> right. This kind of thing could be like watching some movie from the 50s that never featured any people of color. And you'd say that was that was a dark age of, you know, no representation at all. And there's like, what representation is there here? Again, I'm, I feel like Again, I'm... Again, who cares? I know, I know. I'm, make, I just, I'm making a bigger deal out of something. I'm, I'm, if this becomes the dominant genre of music in American culture, I think your argument will have merit. Flash forward two months from now. <laughs> well, year and a half. As I said, it's the only, the only type of music left. Julie. Bill, is there any aspect of Bardcore, Tavern Wave, Cottage Wave, uh, Hildegard von Blingen? What are some of the other names of the people who made this stuff? Oh, there's a guy called Tim Ramone who I liked. He, uh-huh. his, the guitar solo in Crazy Train he did as a harpsichord, and I appreciated that. He also did the Seinfeld theme, which was which was better than I thought. And then Dr. Hmm, I liked him. Sorry, I'm off topic here. Mm-hmm. His version of Ghostbusters, he did moaning, ah, which I, 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 I kind of dug. Like Gregorian so I just want to give credit almost, to these people. Huh? A little, uh, little reminders of that, yeah. yeah. Any aspect of this that you find yourself feeling jealous of? No, no. I, I mean, look, it's hard to be jealous of something that I kind of just had no, had a great distaste for. And this doesn't apply, but it's like, I go back to what you just said about having been a pretentious kid. And again, I'm celebrating. I was uncharitable to that pretentious kid that I was for a good many years. That's the version of me that started wearing khaki pants and reading the New York Times and sort of like eschewing the very base, lower middle class values of Long Island that I came from. That was part of me establishing an identity. But now I can look upon that person and say, well, that was that was my identity. That was version, you know, 2.0 of the Bill Scurry Project, which is, you know, a band that uh, made eye, eye in the sky, <laughs> as we all know. The Bill Scurry Project. Behold the might of the fully operational Bill Scurry Project. <laughs> but I, I would... a bad Dr. Evil, I know. I can't get to a world where I was participating in this, but I appreciate that there is some version of me, maybe, if I was musically inclined, that would have been into wanting to be in this game, to say that, oh, I, I, have, I have a command over a certain type of music and I could flex in front of people to create, was it Sunflower, whatever the Post Malone song was? Like, I could re arrange this and and do something uh, weird and then show off at how you know my capacity for this kind of thing uh yeah that's mostly me as well this is not something i want to spend my time doing i was never i was never a noodler the kind of playing around with equipment or certainly instruments 
that they have to do here. You know, if I were the kind of guy who had really taken to playing guitar or playing piano, one of these people could just pick something up and start fiddling with it and enjoying themselves, I might find this appealing. But even then, I just think, again, the concept gets so old so quick. You actually mentioned Beat It, and I don't remember the name of the person who did the bardcore version of Beat It, at least the one I listened to, but that one was like in and out in a minute. And I'm yeah. like, that's the way all of these should be because I get the joke, it's funny, that's it. And it is a joke. Yeah, I think you should treat it right. as humor. But like, the people who do the entire song over and over and over again, I do wonder if that's some pretension, like, oh, I'm doing it the way they did medieval music, blah, blah, blah. But uh, no, it's just, this This sounds like a boring pastime, and it's so divorced from any creativity, creative muscle I've ever wanted to flex that, and slash aim, motherfucker. All right, and that brings us to our very last bit, our tag team jealousy, Felonian scale segment, where we look at this and put it on the spectrum of all the things we've talked about and how it falls in that uh, Felonian scale. So, Noah, I'll ask you, where does uh, Bardcore land on uh, on our own personal uh, XYZ axis? I was thinking this goes right around the place as an, of another one of our uh, quarantine topics, which is sourdough bread. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, 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 I, I can see that, yep. I admit this takes talent, doing, effort, thought, and I'm perfectly fine with you spending your time doing it, but I don't care. And they're archaic, too. I mean, I think that, that that's <laughs> and actually it's very, and, very appropriate. And this is what we'll be reduced to doing in a year and a half, playing bardcore, <laughs> making our sourdough bread, <laughs> and watching Smosh. That's all that will be left. Right, on a hand crank YouTube what? that we, we watching build. Quibi. Watching Quibi. Watching Quibi. Quibi because, is... because because even though it will have failed, Katzenberg's money will just keep it going on and on and on. All the, all the eight billion hours of Quibi movies, no one will have watched them all, so they'll still be out there. Quibi is just gonna be reduced to a, a series of eighty channels featuring Punch and Judy puppet shows. <laughs> that might actually be entertaining. So I, I um I thought of this as being Believe it or not, I'm going, to, I'm going to be pretty charitable. I'm going to put this in the middle. This is not this is not a top thing because I, you know, I don't think it. To me, it doesn't appeal to me. However, it's not bad. Again, I think that there's some clever cleverness to it. Like sourdough, that's great. I wish I would have thought of that because I think that's a great analog. But I actually thought of it like K-pop in that overall, for the moment at least, it's fleeting as a it's it's fleeting. There's it's a huge subculture i don't like the sound of it but yet i'm glad it's around and i appreciate the uh i appreciate the uh, people who really dig into it the stands um but yeah but th- this you know as a form of music that i i don't like but again it seems like it comes by it pretty honestly and it's it's a the fan base digs it so let's just say this is like k-pop divided by a hundred to something a lot smaller <laughs> and a lot more fleeting but but there you go yeah i don't see this having the staying power of k-pop no, that's true. On a personal level, I might actually enjoy this more than K-pop. The, the the artificiality of K-pop, I find very... I don't remember what I said in our podcast, but I find really wearing. Yeah. And this stuff, I don't know. Also, there's no way this is going to scale the heights of K-pop. It's just impossible. You know, let's not forget, the artificiality was kind of the point of K-pop. It was, it was, right, it was exactly. a pretense that was put and forward. fucking hated it, yeah. yeah. I believe that takes us to an end of yet another yet another episode. Yet no, another. I, I say this We've all the time. We've been doing this a long time. They, they they let us do it. As long as they keep they letting let us, us do it, we will keep doing it. Us. If they let them do bardcore, they can let us do this stupid podcast. <laughs> so if you'd like to find past episodes of this show, although if you're listening to us, I'm sure you've been with us 100% of the way, ride or die fans. <laughs> 
Those back episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, which offsets some of the crappy, shrill reviews. Not very many, but we're trying to um, make sure that those are minimized. We don't right. want to. We don't well, want unless, that to lead. unless you're going to add yet another crappy, shrill review. Yet another. Yeah, right. We don't do that. that. We want a good review. I should put that out. I don't want. I. I, I want to. I totally partial review i can handle any type of criticism as long as it's unadulterated praise <laughs> just so you know all right so if you want to talk to me i'm online at william scurry on twitter uh i'm on you uh, youtube at youtube.com slash amcaesar and then noah will give you his bona fides i'm all about the big quiz thing america's premier provider of corporate and private uh trivia events virtually these days having a heck of a summer uh there's always room for you we occasionally are doing public events you can find those uh these days on our facebook pages mostly fundraisers for various causes we're doing a lot of political events and we uh are open for your fundraiser we are spending 2020 um doing a lot of events low or no cost for the right causes so if that is you uh reach out to us today at bigquisting.com better yet from my bank accounts point of view if you want to hire us for a corporate team building event reach out to bigquisting.com and follow us on twitter instagram facebook etc so until the time comes where there's a, a five-part ironic barbershop harmony uh, subculture of all the Nicki Minaj songs at once, we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.